3: Welcome to My Third Eye, prying open your thought, truth, and reality, questioning everything and anything from conspiracies, cryptic, spiritual, natural healing, and everything else there is to encounter. Everything we think is not real, just might be real. Welcome to My Third Eye.
4: it's a fascinating story but like most of these um, true stories and it's the reason i think it's true is because it doesn't have an easy answer there's no simple solution that we can figure out the truth of it you know anytime i hear one where they wrap it up and it was like the devil did it or you know whatever (laughs) then i'm like okay well it's not really that good it's probably not true it's probably not a real story yeah but when it's one of these ones where it's a family being like yeah this weird fucking thing happened to us once (laughs)
3: All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to your weekly episode of My Third Eye. Uh, I have returning guest. You heard him in the uh, October rotation of the spooky uh, theme that we had going on. Uh, I have Chaz of the Dead on, and we're going to talk a little bit, or a lot of it, on B-Theory. And uh, I think this will blow your minds a little bit because it blew mine. And Chaz is such an easy guy to to talk to that I mean holy hell we could have went on probably for another four hours just just shooting the shit but uh don't forget if you want the full episode patreon.com forward slash my third eye podcast get five three dollars gets you the full weekly episode five dollars gets you both talk at the tavern and the weekly episode also five dollars will get you the video version that is now available on patreon of talk at the tavern and uh some others that i'm putting up there i know i threw uh conspiracy underground news the team uh video up there from last week so you know please go over and check out the patreon sign up it's not very much i don't ask a lot the more the merrier and the people that are there i love you and i can't thank you enough and uh enjoy the episode Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fun and exciting episode uh, This episode, I have Chaz of the Dead coming on And he's going to take me, and hopefully you, the listeners On a little school of B-theory I kind of came across this recently And I was told to reach out to Chaz Because he's the man with the the knowledge on this, uh, this topic um, That is really new to me And the little I do know is fascinating So Chaz, how are you?
4: Oh, I'm awesome! Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be here.
3: Good. Well, thanks for coming. Uh, let let the listeners know where they can they can find you. Obviously, you're on Instagram.
4: Yeah, yeah you can find me on um, all the social medias at Chaz of the Dead. Follow my paranormal adventures and weird locations I go to. Talk about theories and stuff. Um, you can also find all my articles, podcast appearances, books, and stuff at ChazoftheDead.com. Um, for, for all that weird stuff, like any of the stories you hear today, go, go check that out. Um, yeah, uh, no, I'm glad, I'm glad B-theory brought you to me. I've, I've been, uh, working to become the, the, the resident expert in B-theory, which is this, this absolutely crazy, um, theory I found myself kind of wrapped up in, um, and for for those of you who don't know, I'm a paranormal investigator. I go mm-hmm. all over the place, ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, and I travel around the world um, looking into those things. Um, and B-theory came to my attention. Um, it would have been six, maybe seven years ago now. Um, I was in Morocco backpacking around and... At this point, my investigations, I was running a little blog, but I wasn't quite investigating like I am now. Uh, But I was still hopping around different places, looking into strange stuff. And uh, I met some friends um, in Morocco and they introduced me to some other people. And um, uh, through a mutual friend, we met this guy and he said, oh, you're into this paranormal shit. I know a guy you have to talk to. Um, and he told me this guy, his dad was CIA and he knew all kinds of crazy, wild stories and stuff. So we met this dude in a roadside cafe and he proceeded to tell me some pretty crazy shit that he knew people who flew UFOs. He could get me a ride on UFOs and that, yeah, they were, were built by people. Um, and they reverse engineered honeybees to Mm. do so. Um He said there was an anti-gravity chamber in the thorax was his his um, phrasing and that they reverse engineered this concept. And that's what's behind UFOs. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. I've, so
3: I've never heard that aspect of of the UFO thing because and when you that had to be kind of. I don't know, you're, you're on an adventure and some guy comes up to you and is like, hey, I know a guy, uh, ex-CIA, he wants to meet in a coffee shop. <laughs> and then he's sitting there telling you, you get your right on fucking UFOs and
6: shit. Yeah, man. it was wild. Oh.
4: It was, you know, definitely something that was burned into my memory. I didn't even write any of the details down, which I regret now. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things you hear and you, you never really forget. And I did meet him a second time and there were I met him at his home and there was some stuff stuff about his home that kind of led some credibility. It was in a part of Tangier that, you know, his neighbors were like the Spanish princess and like <laughs> a bunch of it, it was quite an interesting location for this unemployed guy and his sister to live in. Um, so there was some a little bit of of backing to that story, but I never got my UFO ride. So I kind of just, you know, chalked it up to a weird story um, and uh, continued on, on my adventures. Um, and years later, when I was researching my first book in Chile, um, I was looking into this group called the Friendship, um, supposed mm-hmm. extraterrestrial group, lots of sightings down in Patagonia in Chile. Um, and for my book, I traveled down there and looked into it. Um, And I looked into um, some other various explanations, including the idea that this group of blonde, tall, blonde aliens was not aliens, but in fact, Nazis. Um, And I even went to a former Nazi compound and did some snooping around and stuff to look into that. Um, But when I was writing the book, I, I included in a little paragraph you know there's this idea out there that the nazis had ufo technology Mm -hmm. and there's this you know the the nazi bell which if you look at it kind of looks like the ass end of a bee and one time this crazy guy in morocco told me bees are the source of ufo technology it was a little little paragraph in a chapter in my book about you know nazi ufology um and i published the book didn't really think anyone was going to read it and it kind of blew up in the paranormal sphere. It was picked up by some podcasts. And next thing I know, I was doing interviews. And on one of these shows, uh, it was, wasn't was even a paranormal show. Um, the uh, Sensible Sociopath. Um, fun guys, they do like a comedy variety subject show. And they had me on to, you know, talk about weird shit. And the host, he had read my book. And that paragraph about the B-UFOs jumped out to him because a friend of his when they were growing up um this friend's father was in the military but they never really knew more they didn't know Mm -hmm. what he did it was really shady and when they would ask him he would say oh i'm a men in black like like in the movies right you know and so they had this notion he had something to do with ufos or aliens Mm -hmm. or whatever um and when this this father was on his deathbed the son asked him for more information and all he would say was look at the bees and they those two had always thought it had something to do with how bees communicate you know maybe it's like the the key to the extraterrestrial language something like that Mm -hmm. until they read this paragraph in my book and they're like oh shit it's probably that (laughs) (laughs) um so for me I at this point I was like, oh shit. Well, now that crazy story, that crazy dude I met a while ago. Now I've got two crazy, unreliable, <laughs> totally, you know, s- sketchy sources. So as a good journalist, I gotta look into it further. <laughs> um so
3: I, I will wanna I, I wanna bring it right back just to the the Nazi bell for one second. Are you familiar with uh cause you do a lot of research in a lot of different areas? Are you familiar with the UFO crash in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania?
4: Yes, absolutely.
3: Okay, because there's a Uh,
4: famously bell-shaped craft. Yes,
3: and uh, there is theories and ideas floating out there that that could have been the Nazi bell. And uh, when I bring this up to people, they're like, and then they, they see it. And while well, they don't see the actual UFO, but the, the little monument that they, they put there in Kecksburg and what happened, they're like, wow, that does look a lot like the, the Nazi bell. And I'm like, yeah. And, and mm. we all know they fled to South America. We, we, you know, and their technology was, they were far ahead of, I think, what anybody even today even knows.
4: Yeah. So for those listeners unfamiliar, the, the bell story kind of unfolded. Um, it was initially... Um, and unfolded in Poland through these Polish intelligence officers. Um, which I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, th- this story kind of unfolded. They had these documents of this, this mysterious piece of Nazi tech, and for a long time, it was like, oh, they maybe they faked it, it's made up. Um, but nowadays, historians they've discovered enough evidence that, um, Uh, famous Nazi underground research facilities like Deris and those strange areas. They discovered essentially what looks like a place that would have housed one of these devices. Mm. And the historical, um, you know, the traditional historian, they believe that the Bell was actually a a nuclear centrifuge, kind of this crucial... um, piece of equipment and making a nuclear bomb it helps you know prepare the molecules to be Mm -hmm. or the atoms to be split Um, and so that's kind of it's thought of oh it's this abandoned nazi project and then russia or the u.s or someone you know scooped it up and then used it as part of their nuclear weapons but the fun explanation and this explanation existed long before b theory uh, was the idea that this is some kind of anti-gravity or zero-point energy um, device? And there's a lot of research in literature. I think um, I think it's Nick Cook who does the hunt for zero point. Um, it's a great book um, on the this idea of you know anti-gravity technology. Um, but it doesn't touch on B-theory. <laughs> so um, the, the idea that this was somehow an anti-gravity device has been in the literature for a while. Right. Um, and, you know, there's always this idea that it's some kind of massive leap forward in technology. But the beauty of B-theory, it kind of fits any time frame of history Anybody could have discovered this technology. So to get into it a little further, um, let's let's go back to um, skip forward from the Nazis a little bit. Back to okay. where I'm at, right? A couple years ago, I've got two crazy sources talking about bees and UFOs. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well let's let's do some research. Let's start with the scientific research. Let's pour through the boring literature on bees. And it was this issue in mathematics for a long time, the how bees fly. Mm -hmm. Um, It was figured out by some MIT mathematicians who were fucking around on the whiteboard one day, Um, you know, being geniuses. They were like, what's up with bees? Their wings are weird. And they did the math and they found that the wings are too small, that Mm. for the size of the bee, the wings should be larger if it's following the aerodynamics of birds and, you know, other known animals. Right. Um, And nowadays they've done further research and it said the bee uses a special whirlwind pattern with its wings that gives it the additional lift it needs to fly. So kind of mystery and mystery solved. A little disappointed, but I did a little further looking honeybees there is still a certain mystery about this this ability of flight. Honeybees, in particular, have a thing that researchers are calling the economy mode, and it remains a mystery in science. For whatever Mm. reason, when honeybees are carrying pollen, they are lighter. They're using less energy than when they're flying around normally. Uh, And they measure this (laughs) by how the bees uh, respirate, right? Uh Essentially measuring their heart rate. And the bees, it's easier for them to lift things than when they're flying around normally. And it's like they turn on this this switch that gives them the this extra ability. Um, and so the uh, this this was pretty weird. I was like, okay, there's a little you know, there's still some mystery about bees and their gravitational effects. There's actually a whole other thing about gravitational orientation and how bees can make their nests in ways that other insects can't Um, but I'm just going to be honest I wasn't really smart enough to understand (laughs) it was a lot of math (laughs) on that one and I was like okay I'm out (laughs) I hear you Uh, but um, after looking through the scientific papers and shit gravities and bees and all that you know Mathematics and science. I decided, okay, well, let's look at the you know the other side of the iceberg, the conspiracy realm. What does what what do they have to say about UFOs and bees? And I found it wasn't too much until I found through a now dead website, KeelyNet. Um, mm-hmm. You can still get it through the Wayback Machine. Um, but this guy who owned this website, he was fascinated by free energy technology. Um, he, you know pages on like the guy from brazil who can turn who who built like a motorcycle that runs on water mm-hmm. um there's uh keely the guy the website's named after was an 1800s guy um and he supposedly had this miracle technology um but they after he died they pulled up all the boards in his house and it was compressed air running through all the uh you know all these mach- miraculous machines Uh, Supposedly, though, uh, believers in the Keeley technology say it was filled with some kind of miracle gas. It wasn't filled with air. Mm. Uh, Either way, the final thing the guy who was running this website was working on um, was this theory from Gerbenikoff. And unlike um, Victor Grubinikov, this Russian scientist, and unlike Keeley and all these other people he was writing about, you know, Tesla, he wasn't an engineer or electrician or an inventor. He was an entomologist, Um, a bug guy, studied insects, and he worked at a, a Russian university. There's a section in a Siberian university named after him. He was a real dude, and he wrote this memoirs. And in the memoirs, he talks about his discovery of you know all kinds of insects, species, and something to do with alfalfa pests and you know larva. He discovered a couple of things, special electromagnetic fields around insect nests. Mm. Um, really intriguing stuff. But he also included this chapter where he talks about building this flying craft out of insect parts and he actually said it was wasn't just present in bees but it was present in a variety of heavy insects Um, and he didn't want to say which insect he was using because he was worried people were going to like go out and kill a bunch of them right um but we can assume it was something similar to bees um but you know the the palmetto bugs we have here in florida the big mm. flying cockroaches mm-hmm. they theoretically would have this these uh wing cover panels um scarab beetles i was just going to ask them them. that yeah they they would have this uh apparent anti-gravity ability um and so uh he said he was uh studying these wing flaps under a microscope when he noticed that they would levitate for a second before coming to rest on the glass. Um, and so he stitched a bunch of them together with wire and he got this kind of little panel that would float. It would sustain flight. Mm-hmm. And he put them all together in these boxes and he would tap these boxes with a pencil and they fly up to the ceiling and then kind of float down like a balloon and like bounce gingerly. Um They super bizarre kind of gravity effects. And then supposedly he got a bunch of these boxes together, strapped them to the bottom of like a wooden pallet and put on some handlebars and a lever and created a flying device.
6: Mm. Um,
4: And apparently this thing was capable of really crazy speeds Um, He never wanted to take it too fast because, you know, there wasn't like a seatbelt or anything. He was just standing. He was like (laughs) riding it like a scooter. Um, But this is where the the story got interesting for me, right? Because I've read a bunch of people who claimed a bunch of crazy technologies. The list of side effects he was writing about this uh, craft happening, when he would operate this craft, all kinds of weird shit. Would, would occur in the locations. Uh, poltergeist stuff. Um, if he dropped something off the side of the craft, there would be perfectly fused holes in people's windows, oh, which shit. is something that happens in UFO flaps all across the world. Um, they had weird time uh, effects. He would put a larva in a vial, put that vial in his pocket, fly a couple hours from his research site out in the Siberian woods, back to his lab and that insect was fully grown inside his pocket in that two hour time span, something that would normally take upwards of a month. Um, wow. And so, yeah, poltergeist activity would start around when he would land the craft, the areas where he would operate it frequently, weird shit would just start to occur. Uh, and, you know, people started thinking, um, you know, the, the university was haunted. And interestingly, when he would fly this craft, people wouldn't look up and see a man standing on a pallet. They would look up and see these glowing shapes, these geometric triangles or disks or or tubes that, you know, were these kind of flashing colors. They never saw the little man on the the pallet. And Gerbernikov himself noted that people were reporting the classic UFO shapes when they were looking at them. Um, and so that, those, that description jumped out at me because it was pretty much the same list of side effects or similarities that I wrote in my book, comparing the phenomenon to psychedelic effects, uh, which is a, a big angle I research from, you know, the, the psychedelic consciousness, um, connection to, to the paranormal, um, which, through my research, it's pretty undeniable. There's something going on with with our mind and how it interacts with reality in these situations. Um, and this was the first UFO theory explanation that I have come across that includes those paranormal, those psychedelic side effects. So for me, it was kind of like, oh shit, <laughs> hold on. Like this guy, this guy, this trained entomologist has either had a secret passion for the paranormal and has been researching it upwards of a decade like I have and has to to write this one little chapter in his memoirs about a UFO to like pull over the screen over our eyes it's either a super super well researched hoax or this guy is is possibly on to something he might be telling the truth here and he ultimately decided to stop using the flying craft because People were seeing UFOs all over the world and he figured, well, shit, that means someone else has discovered this and they're not talking about it. So I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to get involved in some like Cold War like showdown. I'm just going to shut my mouth and stop flying this thing around. Uh, That, and in addition to all the other weird side effects, you know, he's, he looked at that fully grown bug and was like, fuck, what, what is flying this craft going to do to my organs, (laughs) you know? Um, And so with those factors in mind, he stopped um, uh, researching, stopped using the the craft. Um, And again, this is all published in a memoir in Russian. And this guy from Keelynet was getting translated versions from Gerbenikov's son. Uh, unfortunately, the guy running the website passed away and the website got shut down. And that was kind of the last story they were working on. And it's it's kind of dried up since then. There's been there's some videos floating around of supposedly people testing out Gorbinikov's technology um, or, or technology based on these concepts. And it, there's some intriguing stuff. But no smoking gun. there's not like a video I can say, go watch that one. It proves it. You know, right. there's no smoking gun. It's still on that realm of of, you know, I, I can't say it's true, but it's certainly quite the the strangest uh, UFO story I think i've I've experienced so far. And it's one that's that's ever unfolding.
3: I, I like the idea. Um, I'm sitting here looking through one of my books because when you were describing this, I swear it, it came up and it, it did it. it they had like a little drawing and it looked like a dude basically on a, on a pallet, like, like, like you were saying um, that, you know, like soda or beer or whatever would come on and, and it, he would just stand there and, and, and what have you. And it, it fascinates me because when when you brought up the scarab beetles and i'm sure you'll get get into this and i don't want to jump the gun too much um i'm only assuming but uh they're gonna with this technology you should be able to lift very heavy object am i am i correct
4: yeah absolutely so it it kind of um you know everyone knows ancient aliens we 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 love it we love to hate it uh (laughs) you know it's it's fun but it's also a horrible way to dismiss ancient cultures <laughs> exactly it's, it's this double edged sword and but there are there are these issues with a lot of archaeological sites the the time span it would have taken them to build the pyramids they've never really been able to make the math work it should have taken way longer than it did hmm. um you know the ramp where's the ramp there, there's all kinds of issues with the, the current idea that they did it with ropes and pulleys um <clears throat> but if this gerbinikov technology is true then it wouldn't take it it's a quite simple thing all they would do is stitch together basically a blanket of scarab beetle wing covers or other flying insects but because of the deification we can maybe assume that the scarab beetle is the source here Right, and you would slide that under one of these tall bricks and then with a couple of people on each side you could you know four dudes on each corner you could lift it up and then you know move them into place there and you pull the sheet out and it would come to rest because you'd only need it to lift up slightly off the ground it would just give you Similar to how, you know, those air hovercrafts work with, mm-hmm. where they just push out a lot of air and it gives you just that slight little bump, but it's enough to get you over terrain. Right. Um, there's other mythologies that around pyramids and and bee technology. Um, one of the more interesting ones I found was in Aztec mythology. There's a story of Quetzalcoatl. Um, who's the the, the feathered serpent, the main, he's kind of like the main character of Mm -hmm. Aztec mythology. We oftentimes picture him as like a Chinese dragon, but that's actually uh, the West fucking up Aztec mythology because feathered serpent just meant wise man. So he was more of like a Gandalf character in um, Aztec mythology. And uh, at one point when he's creating humanity, He has to go to the underworld and trick the god of the underworld who sits atop this pyramid. And to do so, he fills this cone or seashell or trumpet, depending on the translation. He fills it full with bees and does this like song and dance around the pyramid Mm -hmm. to trick the god of the underworld. Um, And interestingly enough, that imagery pops up Hundreds of years later in South Florida in the Coral Castle. Oh, Um, Ryan
3: was actually just doing an episode on this, and that is some fascinating shit. Yeah, the
4: Coral Castle is a wild sight. So, this is a place, again, similar to Stonehenge, um, but built more recently. But it was built by one man, and that's where the mystery goes. No one knows how he moved these massive stones, and not only did he build it once but he moved it to a new location miles away by himself in the middle of the night. Um, he had a truck driver. He told the truck driver, park the truck, go, go get some lunch. All the stones were loaded when they drove to, or go get some dinner, drove it in the middle of the night. He said, all right, go, you know, go have a coffee, be back in two hours. And this guy unloaded and moved all of these several ton coral blocks into place. Um, and the only witnesses of him building this thing on his, moving these stones by himself were a couple of kids who were riding their bikes late at night and rode through the site. And they were at Parker,
0: our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering
7: your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
4: that he was using this seashell cone-shaped device that was emitting this kind of vibrating sound, vibrating noise. And it was being used to lift these blocks. He was using this cone to, to lift these massive blocks and move them into place, which sounds pretty similar to Quetzalcoatl's Cone Full of Bees. Yeah,
3: very similar.
4: The dance around the pyramids. Uh, again, not perfect. It's yeah, it, that connection's pretty ancient aliens esque. I, I have to say, not the best, but there there are these trends. Uh, another weird one is the um, Freemasons, right? Mm-hmm. And so if the the idea here is that if this technology is based on insect parts, it's a lot more simple than we think it is. You know, most of the theories are about you know, zero point energy, nuclear fission, all kinds of quantum stuff that the average person, right? We can't understand it. The The story here, B, B parts, everyone can understand that one. And that means pretty much any culture at any point could discover this, this technology, the secret schools of Egypt. That could have been one of the secrets. Mm. Um, they, again, a dude in South Florida discovering it. And he his explanation to how he did it was that he discovered the secret of the pyramids. That was mm. what he would tell people. Um, so again, interesting. Um, there's uh, the Aztec pyramids, there's bees pop up in this mythology. Then you have the Freemasons, where bees pop up in their symbolism a lot, and their their pyramid, the 33 one of the steps. Has something to do with bees there's a lot of insect imagery in some of the the larger masonic halls um and again they're they were masons they right. moved large stones that was the basis of their secret society um and we we've all we've seen you know this growth of their secret society where it's not about people building with stone anymore into this kind of crazy. I mean, they get blamed for everything, you know, the Illuminati, pedophilia rings, all kinds of of craziness. And that might be because their power has expanded from moving stones into UFOs. Right. Um, that that could be the, the secret once you get to 33 degrees is, yep, okay, the secret is it's UFOs and it's powered by fucking bees.
3: <laughs> well, the thing is, if you look in a lot of secret societies, um, whether it's OTO, Golden Dawn, you mentioned Freemasons, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. All of them use the symbol of a bee in some way, shape, or form. And sitting here listening to this kind of triggered my mind. Is like, are they putting this out right in front of us to say, "Hey, here's the secret to everything. It's the bee." And you guys just think it's oh because of a hive mind type, you know, mentality or 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 whatever. But no, this is much greater than that.
4: Yeah, it's very much hiding in, in plain sight. And again. We can get into – there's some, like, spurious correlations. I mean, UFO sightings have gone up mm-hmm. and bee populations have gone down. <laughs> so, yeah. again, that's probably probably not related, but you never know. Uh, it's certainly, I think, a theory that needs – I think it's a theory that needs more attention when it comes to the human explanation, right? There's this idea that whatever the technology is, is it's super advanced and it's super far out there when it really could be something more domestic, mm. uh, you know, something, and not just domestic, meaning, you know, within our country, but to our planet, you know, it's something that could be sitting right under our noses. And I had a weird, while I was researching my my uh, most recent project, um, this the, a huge part of it is looking into this quantum paranormal theory. Um, <clears throat> and there's this guy out of the UK, Patrick Jackson, and this is his theory. Um, he thinks that ghosts and paranormal phenomenon are actually invisible UFO spheres, UFO probes. Um, and they're causing paranormal activity to like scare people away. Um it's a fun theory. Pretty good story. It has some logical issues right off the bat. (laughs) I can see (laughs) you're like, how does that it doesn't really make sense? Why he's there's there's some huge issues like why would they hang out in haunted houses, you know? And there's the I he said they hang out in graveyards and hospitals and old hospitals because there used to be humans there but not anymore so there's data you can pick up from that but you being near real humans hurts them so that's why they have to scare them away but that doesn't really work for like haunted hotels and no. <laughs> so there's, there's or,
3: anyways or, or even just haunted houses where they're constantly hanging around the family and, and tormenting them yeah you know what I mean? it's yeah like-
4: there, there's some large logical issues in the the theory um
3: which I you know, kind of think my daughter's going through right now in the place that she lives, but that's, that's beside oh, the point. Oh yeah? yeah. Well, <laughs> it might be
4: an invisible sphere. There's an app you can buy from him that oh, supposedly nice. interacts with it. So again, <laughs> not the best theory, um, yeah. <laughs> but one of the interesting points he, he pointed out, cause he's from this ghost hunting background and he's kind of, it, it's, it's not a good theory, but it's a step forward, right? It's people finally branching out and accepting that there are connections between this phenomenon. Now they're trying to make create explanations for it that aren't the best, but at least they're trying. They're recognizing that there are these large connections between UFOs and ghosts and Bigfoot and so on and so forth. But one of the interesting points of his research is he compares all of these videos of UFOs moving around to videos of ghost spheres mm. and showing that they move in the exact same way. And the footage is really intriguing. They do move in the same way. The issue is those ghost spheres, they're, they're bugs. They're bugs reflecting light. Okay. It, 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 we, we've we all seen ghost adventures. We know yep. this happens all the time. It's dust or bugs. Um, i'm from florida i can't do paranormal investigation it's bugs there's no orbs yeah. <laughs> i don't know it's, it's all bugs <laughs> there's and, thousands and of them everywhere
3: yeah and it's even got to the point where from watching that you'll you'll watch videos and you'll be like no nah, that's a bug and and people are uh-huh. like you know oh look look what look, look what I, No, dude it is all it is is a bug it, it reflected some light during during the night you know come on you know well, watch, it's very easily
4: dismissed, right? Yeah. Um, but I think he accidentally stumbled onto something because he he's right. Those bugs in those ghost videos, those mm-hmm. bugs are moving in the exact same way those UFOs are. We always yeah, say true. they're moving with these impossible physics, but those physics are impossible to our aircraft.
6: Mm-hmm. They're
4: impossible to birds. But they're not impossible to insects. We see insects do those maneuvers all the time.
3: Same with um, hummingbirds.
4: Yeah, yeah, and exactly. They there. There's always this argument that the the stoppage. Those UFOs are going so fast, and then they stop on a dime. Anything inside would die. Mm-hmm. But we have bugs that don't. They do right. that, they, and for their size. It's applicable. It scales down to they should be fucked up from yeah. <laughs> doing all that zip zop zipping. But they're they're not. There's some other piece of, of physics that's missing in that equation. And it seems that these crafts might operate on those those missing principles.
3: That that makes so much sense. Cause when even just sitting out, say on your deck in, in the summer, okay, everybody hates. Flies, but if you Mm -hmm. watch a fly do its thing, fly around, I mean, it's it's going in directions that, like you're saying, it it, UFOs do, and their little innards, you know, intestines, whatever, should be coming out their mouth when they stop, and and, Mm -hmm. and they don't, and then you can look at even even the bumblebee. I mean, for as big as it is. It's it's flying in the same type of pattern, you know, it's zigzagging up and down. And, and to watch it, it almost looks like it doesn't have a rhyme or re- reason to why it's doing it. But there has to be a rhyme or reason or else it wouldn't mm-hmm. be flying in these types of patterns. You know what I mean? I, I don't know that you're blowing my mind so far. So,
4: <laughs> well, and it's it's also an explanation that's popped up. From skeptics before. I've seen skeptics look at a UFO video and be like, oh, well, it's traveling in this way. It must be a bug. Mm. Um, and they, it doesn't happen that often, but you'll hear some of them, you know, say that. And of course you have pilots and people who saw it in person being like, no way it was a fucking bug. It was massive and made of metal. Right. Um, but again, they might be accidentally stumbling onto a a, a higher truth there. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's hard to say um i was before um a couple of years ago when i was first into this theory i was gung ho i have uh, a russian friend i was going to get her to sponsor me i was ready to go to um little university town in siberia and like ask around um but of course recent events have, have made it right. <laughs> impossible for americans <laughs> to uh safely travel in that region um so i don't want them to have to like like release some kind of war (laughs) criminal (laughs) cyborg destroyer robot to get my stoned ass back yeah um so those those plans have been put on hold indefinitely um but uh i have been looking into to researching it further through other avenues Um, i'm here in gainesville at the university of florida's Right up the road, um, I'm looking into talking to some entomologists um, and getting their opinions on this. Oh, nice. You know, I want to see if they're like, oh, that's fucking crazy." Yeah, but here's a bee wing. There's nothing like that. Doesn't do that. <laughs> Maybe I can wrap it all up that way. Uh, but I also want to get down to the the coral castle, um, look into to that story further, because um, again, I think that idea is intriguing. And so far, I don't think anyone's brought up. Um, in relation to that story, the Aztec story, mm-hmm. where, again, you have this this imagery of bees in a cone-shaped device. And he's not building the pyramid, but he the pyramid's there. It's a central figure in the story. He's dancing right. around this pyramid with the bee-shaped cone or the cone stuffed with bees. Um, so, it's no, it's definitely an interesting uh, a theory. And I think it's one we need to think about when we examine, you know, the UFO phenomenon, you know, when it comes to the news and things like that. And uh, one thing I like to try to remind people is that more than one thing can be true. We mm-hmm. could have B-powered UFOs, but there also could be UFOs from other realms, planets, realities, um, and we're interacting with them, and their fucking UFOs kick the shit out of ours, you know, <laughs> they, they could be built on an entirely different concept. Um you know, it just because one thing is true doesn't mean another is. And of course, we don't know if any of these things are true. Um, it's it's a good story. You know, as as someone living through it, it's a pretty good story. I'm waiting for the men in black to knock on my door and tell me to shut the fuck up.
3: (laughs) Well, Uh, you you won't remember because they'll just zap you. Oh,
4: that would suck. I hope not. I'm gonna no, I'm gonna like tackle one. I'm I'm hoping for like the John Keel weird robotic men in black. There you go. Uh, I got questions.
3: Yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) I mean, everybody's got questions. I think uh I just seen today, uh ironically, uh, the, the, the one Senate house committee that uh, was involved with the disclosure, um, is now, uh, wanting the committee to look into it further of non man-made UFOs. And I was just like, Ooh, wait a minute. You know, and this is kind of, this is flying under the radar. Like nobody's really talking about it. And I'm like, huh? So what do they know? Okay. Cause for the longest time, it's reverse engineered, you know, man-made. You know, we're trying to put well, logic behind it to that. The fact that
4: they're making a distinction, uh, yeah. yeah, tells you something. Um, and I think that's the uh, you know, I think everyone listening, no matter your political spectrum, would agree that the government's lying to us on some level. Um, they know more than what they're saying when it oh, comes totally. to this this subject. Uh, I have it on, on Good Authority, a friend who works at a three-letter place, um, who's seen videos that are far more impressive than the ones we have, you know, in the public. And they're they're in these databases that the government officials know about. They're not that hard to access. Uh, you know, anyone with with some kind of military clearance could go in and see some pretty wild fucking videos right and the fact that there that's the case and there's still a pretty tight lid on it tells tells you something um again i don't know what it is I, i can't say you know a lot of people will come on uh and be like it's clearly there's a battle between the reptilians and the Pleiadians, <laughs> yeah. and the Greys are in between, and and you know they haven't decided yet. And, you know, Eisenhower made a deal, and again, really great stories like yeah. B theory. But just because it's a good story doesn't mean it's true, and unfortunately, that applies to B theory as well. It's it's a great story, but again, my sources are a crazy guy I met in Morocco some guy's dad I never met, (laughs) and some Russian scientists whose documents were being translated by a guy obsessed with free energy devices.
6: It's
4: certainly not – I'm certainly not proving (laughs) this theory to be true, um, but it's one that's out there but not it's right. almost weird that it's not out there. There are videos of again people trying out Gerbintakov's technology, and every once in a while you might even see one pop up on social media. There was a guy um, back in the early two thousands who was giving a it seemed like a lecture, and it's this audio clip that gets used again and again um, about pretty much the the Gerbintakov story I gave in brief. Mm-hmm. And um it's always paired up with videos of, you know, wing parts doing weird spins and things like that. Um, but it's not like there's one of those how-to videos, you know. You know, like those Indian guys who build crazy pools out of the dirt yeah. with like a shovel. There's no one doing that with a Gerbinikov UFO. <laughs> and no. so we can't we can't <laughs> say it's true or, or false and it's it's certainly intriguing, um, and it's certainly, uh, I think, a possibility, a human explanation for a lot of stuff we chalk up to aliens, including mm. that ancient alien stuff. Because, again, if it is bees, if it is insects, that explains how they were able to do it, Pier- build pyramids in these massive structures all across the globe, because they would have had insects all across the globe. It, it's yeah. not like you know, war elephants. You know, you're only gonna get that in a couple regions, you know, or that. We have these things all across the globe. They're made with massive stones, whether it's monuments like Stonehenge or it's pyramids. And we don't know how they built them. No. So, so much to the point where people are willing to say it was fucking aliens. <laughs> um I'm here to say it was advanced humans who knew about bug parts
3: <laughs> nice well the the guy who and i and i'm drawing a blank on his name who who built the coral castle because he has a, a a weird name um there are people that i think go to his website that's run by his kids or grandkids and are recreating some of his experiments now mm-hmm. some people are you know trying to keep it hush hush because some people that kind of came out about it and and admitted that you know they're doing it uh kind of disappeared so it's it's one of those things okay so what was he on to you know as a conspiracy minded person if he's on to something like this you see other guys that had made vehicles that run on water and hydrogen mm-hmm. you know they're getting they're getting disappeared. oh yeah that brazil and,
4: guy's dead as hell yeah and <laughs> then were talking about earlier yeah uh, like, and
3: then there's another guy that that did it back in the early 90s and you know went to get a patent and he runs out of the 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 diner, I think they poisoned me. You know, and they yeah, dropped he was dead.
4: screaming about being poisoned. Uh-huh. And then
3: we just had the uh the guy up in Buffalo, the, the the ex-cop that got shot in that that grocery store. He was working on the same fucking shit. And it's like, okay, that there has to be more to a lot of this free energy technology. And it plays right into this B theory where mm-hmm. okay, if, if if you're able to tap into the way bees and and what have you fly or scare of beetles or whatever, you would be able to lift these massive monolithic blocks and hover them. And maybe use sound frequency as well to put them in place and, and build these pyramids, build Stonehenge, build, you know, but there is one thing that, that does kind of raise questions with me is the cutting of the blocks. How is it so accurate? You know what I mean? Cause okay. B B theory lifts them. But how are these cuts so precise? You know what I mean. Um, and and cannot be replicated today.
4: That's true. Uh, there there are some um, issues there. Um, again, there's some some always some mysteries. None none of these theories are perfect. No. Um. That's I, it's that's why I love I, them. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. Um, you can talk about them all day, but it's one of those. You know, when I do my research for my books and stuff, I. I I love telling the stories of these theories because there, there's every good paranormal theory is just really a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of bad ones, but the good ones are good. Yeah. And, but I, I constantly remind my reader that there's issues with these, these theories. There's issues with these stories. Because they're top-down explanations. When you examine the phenomenon, the whole of it, UFOs, ghosts, bigfoot, all this strangeness, there's there's the similarity, this trend, this thread that weaves through them. Um, there's certainly something going on. There's certainly mm-hmm. connections there. But the second you try to say, well, it's the side effects of this, this, and this, You can go and then find a hundred other paranormal examples that refute that, that, you know, just like the ghost code theory we were talking about. Yeah. Logically, there's some issues there. And then, even if I was a true believer in the paranormal, I could argue. You know that. Oh well, clearly, you know. What about apparitions that look human? Mm-hmm. You know, why is the ghost sphere appearing like a, a a human from the 1800s? Why is the ghost sphere? You know, again, there's all kinds of issues. So I mean, you could, we could argue the, um, you know, the semantics of ghost hunting. <laughs> we. It would be a very long conversation and a very dumb one, so we'll avoid <laughs> I that. I don't know um, about
3: dumb. I I, I, I like that. I love ghost stories and ghost. I love ghost shit.
4: stories. I love ghost hunting, the mm-hmm. activity. But man, the the theories and community and stuff. Oof. Oof, there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of the Christian stuff that that tends to hold back um actual research you know there, mm-hmm. there's some weird stuff moving on its own we, we should be able to investigate that without bringing Jesus Christ into it uh yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah again all of the theories have their issues um and all of the niches you know there's the the infighting between them um that's why the ghost code theory while it does have its issues it's a step forward mm-hmm. it's acknowledging at least the connections between ufo's and um ghosts and he's having bigfoot teams test it out there's actually a a local team here in florida um stacy brown and rpg they've done lots of bigfoot stuff um they did they teamed up with a paranormal team and did the skunk ape experiments i think they're coming out right around now okay Um, but they did these psychedelic slash ghost code device experiments in relation to the Sasquatch. And they got some super weird phenomenon. Mm. Um, So uh, there are these steps forward. There are researchers acknowledging that something's going on beyond just, you know, an ancient hairy man living in the woods and aliens from a different solar system. And then a dead ghost from the 1800s. There's these similarities between these events. There's this high strangeness, these orbs of light, um, sound phenomenon, time fluctuations, you know, the alterations of space, things moving on their own. All of these appear in these situations. They're, They're in a lot of situations more similar than they are not. And there's something going on. It, it has to do with us, our, our consciousness. It's somehow related to that. And again, that was what really sold me on Gropinikov's theory was that he said, hey, man, using this craft causes a bunch of fucking psychedelic side effects. Be careful. Um, and that's spot on to all the research I've conducted. Um, there is this the the paranormal experience in many ways is um, synonymous with the psychedelic experience.
3: Mm hmm yeah uh i love hearing your conversations on <laughs> you, how you go about your your paranormal um investigations because that takes some pretty big balls to to a trip balls and then go look <laughs> for for glowing balls you know what i mean it, it, and and ghosts and, and what have you and or, or even sasquatch and ufos i mean it it I, let's get into it if you want to i mean it Fascinates me. I i can't believe that <laughs> you do what you do because I i don't know if I don't know if I'd have the the kahunas to do it.
4: Yeah. I, I mean it was something I uh, I'd always I had a childhood experience that really kind of threw me down the paranormal route. And I started from a traditional kind of ghost hunting perspective, uh, but very quickly found it, you know, unproductive.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, you know, there wasn't really a lot of evidence being created a lot of entertainment you know i still like love ghost adventures and i've been watching ghost hunting youtube channels some pretty fucking good yeah you know like again they're telling the story there's a, a little bit of ooh and ah um but as far as answering the question of what's going on there's no no one's been making steps Towards that no um and that didn't sit right with me and so um as a, being a typical florida teenager i had um some experience with psychedelics and unlike some of my peers i was like hold on a minute this might be the answer to the the fucking ghost question i've been looking for you know there's thousands of years of cultures using these um substances and you know relation to paranormal phenomenon, channeling spirits, um, controlling animals. There's you know, thousands of years of of anecdotes of the shamanic abilities of mm. using these substances. And when you take them, you can see why, you know, you yeah. can be like, you know, it's it's actually one of the common trends that um links it to paranormal phenomenon mm-hmm. the the two reactions you get when someone takes a psychedelic they either they have this oneness with the universe you know like i am one with the planet and we're all a reflection of the infinite consciousness peace love and happiness you know right. that awesome feeling i love that feeling I, that's usually the feeling um the other one is oh fuck oh fuck this is horrible this is terrifying oh fuck (laughs) and those are the two experiences people feel when they have a paranormal experience especially an abduction experience Mm. um you know taken in the middle of the night against your will um medical experiments performed on you your reaction should be the oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck right
6: um
4: and again, a lot of people do have that reaction. But then you have this second camp, and there's not really anyone that sits in between the two. The second camp is my UFO experience showed me that the universe is a global community and that we're one and we're a part of it. And it's the, the aliens are here to protect us and peace, love and space communism. <laughs> and that's 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 where why they're here. Again, the same reactions you get. Those are the two reactions you get under psychedelics. Um, and it's one of, of many examples of how the, the phenomena are related. Um, so the big aha moment for me was I was doing um, mushroom teas and Ouija board seances. Um, and already right now, if the ghost hunting community hasn't stopped listening already, <laughs> they're... <laughs> We're going to be piping hot about that one. <laughs> um, because
5: that's... Well, where do I start? I'm bad shit. What you read in the covenant is cap. I was bred by the government, fact check every head when it come to this, upside down system had enough of it, another sapien that's on the globe, lost code, looking for the direction but don't nobody know, the only bit of insight that they ever sold me, I have been start to find out doesn't really hold, every half and piece of shit hidden in a tie, high, high motives to align goals, cheating on your wife, my ties at the ninth hole, someone gotta die, they don't care, they itemize souls, hit jobs from botox to light bulbs light bulbs in my head of where i might go i'm on a tight rope walking this edge and i've been wondering if anyone loves me shit and i've been wondering if anyone loves me yeah fuck and i've been wondering if Keep on calcifying glands with your fluoride while I flow ride. The valor of rhyme, I'm flying high by the seat of my pants. A beat speaking to me, no, I'm talking back every chance. Hoping one day I make it overseas into to France. But in the Northwest, I trip without a traveling band, yeah.